middle of a capital campaign. Now what do you do? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day with the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Paula Jenkins. Paula serves on the faculty of the Fundraising School, where she teaches a wide range of curriculum for us, including our course on capital campaigns. And Paula not only teaches the curriculum, she lives the curriculum as a vice president of the development for the Indiana University Foundation, where she and I serve as colleagues and are in the midst of a campaign ourselves right now during the virus crisis. And Paula, as we get started, first and foremost, I hope that you are safe and healthy and well as we endure this pandemic. Thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here today to, to talk about capital campaigns during um, this crisis. And um, I think that, boy, there's a lot of uncertainty for fundraisers. When we um, thought about working remotely from home in the beginning at the onset, I think we thought it was going to be for two weeks, a month, maybe two months. And now the horizon has um, you know, lengthened and we're not sure when we're going to go back to our normal routine. So um, it, it, is, it is sort of frustrating and concerning for gift officers as we reinvent fundraising, but we're not quite sure what it looks like at the end of the day. You know, we've been saying throughout this, uh, through the fundraising school, that the bad news is there is no playbook on how to fundraise during a world pandemic. The good news is we get to write the next one. And, you know, that's kind of the uh, abundance mentality we need to have as fundraisers. And Paula, as you teach our capital campaigns course, a big segment of that course focuses on the need to plan. And it might take 12 to 24 months to plan a campaign that's going to last three to five years. And you know, while people are planning, I'm sure, you know, they said, okay, year one, we'll start our, our private phase. And then year two, we'll start collecting pledges. And then year three, the world pandemic is going to hit. And here's what we're going to do. Said no fundraiser ever when they were planning these campaigns a few years ago. What advice do you have for fundraisers now as they're in the middle of a campaign, they have pledges, they have expenses, and now fundraising has been redefined? Uh, great question. And let me let me go back, though, a little bit to the part that you mentioned about planning, because planning is a critical piece to the capital campaign. And often our organizations, for whatever reason, might feel that they need to shorten that process. And so now's a really good time if you did shorten the process in some way to make sure that you do have a good, stable plan in place. I don't know that I've taken the word draft off a campaign plan ever, because I think it is a dynamic tool that can change as your situation changes because you don't know what you're gonna encounter over three years or five years or something of that nature. So um, I think that the planning piece is critical. And so if you are in those early stages too, the folks that you're identifying as potential donors should be folks that you're reaching out to now, not just to solicit. In fact, I would avoid the solicitation altogether because you're in your planning phase, right? But to reach out to them to know that you care and you're, check, you're checking in with them and touching base. I have a little saying that says, if um, people aren't with you during the bad times, then maybe they're not deserving to be with you during the good times. And so they'll remember in five years or three years, whenever that solicitation comes, that you were out there and calling, checking in on them and making sure that they didn't need anything. And at IU during this campaign, that's what we've been doing for the last uh, two months. Uh, the gift officers have been working through their portfolio, portfolios diligently to send emails, reach out and have Zoom calls or telephone calls, or to send out uh, note cards through their portfolio. And now we're past portfolios and moving to general donors at large so that they do know that we're thinking about them during this time. 
So we stay in touch with our donors. We maintain contact, certainly with empathy, you know, being concerned about their situation in terms of health and their economic well-being before we then share with them what's happening in our nonprofit organization. Uh, and Paula, let's just say hypothetically, I'm in a three-year campaign. So you talked about the planning phase with your last response. Let's say now I'm in the middle of a three-year campaign and it's year two. And I'm wondering about collecting pledges and having those pledge payments come in. And all the while, I still have payments on you know whatever the campaign is paying for. Maybe I had to take out a short-term you know construction loan or something like that. And some of the bills are coming due. What advice do you have for fundraisers who are in the middle of a campaign and are counting on those pledges coming in even now during a world pandemic? Well, we don't know for our do for our donors, Bill, if they're going to have an issue making those those pledge payments, right? I think um, what we're seeing in sort of uh, the market is um, a shrinkage of gifts at lower levels, not necessarily a shrinkage uh, of gifts at the major gift level. So one, I don't think you need to worry about it till it's an issue. If you go back to your donor to confirm that their pledge payment is coming, say in October, um, I think that's kind of icky, right? Let's wait till October um, to see if there is an issue or not. Um, or you might have a reminder system in place where you send um, some sort of reminder card uh, that either goes to them automatically or at certain levels, you might have the gift officer send a note with it, checking in. But um, to me, I'm not going to worry about it so much until it's a cause for concern. And there's something very important that's inherent in Paula's reply. Uh, let's say the pledge payment again is due in October and we're not going to worry about that until November comes along and maybe the pledge payment has not happened. Well, that means we're living in some uncertainty. Well, these are very uncertain times and leaders not just live in, but dwell within uncertainty. So it is just part of that uncertainty as leaders that we need to deal with. Paula, what about extending that campaign? So I use the example of a three-year campaign. I love what you said about we never take the word draft off of the plan because it needs to evolve and be organic and adapt to changing situations that we could not have envisioned. Can I extend my campaign if I need to because of these uncertain times? Well, I, obviously, I think you can do everything um, that you want to do or anything as long as you have board approval and the board's been involved in conversations about that. Um, certainly, you can extend um, the time frame. I think we saw a lot of that in 2008, 2009 during that recession where uh, people were very sympathetic and empathetic to donors who needed to reschedule pledge payments. We know that generally in campaigns, there's a high percentage of gifts that are actually fulfilled. Um, um, so people do expect to, to make those payments. Um, you might extend for a number of reasons, right? You might extend because you met success early and, um, and so you want to then maybe add on a phase B if that was part of your initial plan. Um, you might extend because you don't believe that um, or you believe that you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunity because of this um, time in which there is greater sensitivity to solicitation of folks. So you might extend uh, for that reason. So, so again, as long as your board is supportive and there's a good um, reason behind it, certainly you can extend your campaign. Now, what does that mean if you're in the middle of construction? Well, it might mean that your project, you know, the shovel going in the ground or something that like that might be delayed, which is why it's critical for your board to be involved in all of these discussions. And Paul, as we look at a comprehensive capital campaign, we think about the dollars involved, we think about the donors, we think about our goals, 
And most importantly, think about how that's helping us fulfill our mission, you know, with whatever growth is happening through this campaign. Could you please emphasize the intangibles of a campaign? And even while we're in the midst of a world pandemic, what a campaign and the persistence of a campaign, even during these difficult, uncertain times, what that says about the nonprofit organization, how it's viewing itself in the future, how it's viewing itself in a positive term uh, with lots of momentum, and why that is important in our relationship with donors. Can you help our fundraisers understand that, please? Sure, I'll do my best at that. That was kind of a loaded question. But um, I think that as, as we're um, working through this crisis, it's really obvious to most of us that never has our work in the sector been more important than it is now. And for many of the organizations, we have even a greater need from our constituents and a greater need to raise more dollars to help solve some of these um, societal issues. Um, so, so I don't think that our, our role has ever been more important as a fundraiser um, in walking the talk with our mission. Um, some might think that there are segments of the, or um, subsectors that are uh, more elite and don't have maybe some of the concerns that smaller or community-based nonprofits have. And we all have concerns um, regardless, it's just at different levels. Um, we're all suffering in, to some extent the financial and um, economic issues that are coming with this pandemic. So I think it's never been more important to stay mission focused and on task about uh, the, the folks that we serve and the importance of our work in the field. And by definition, your capital campaign says, we see a bright future. We are going to come through this. We, we are going to continue to have a positive impact on society, maybe in different ways and maybe not as soon as we thought. But again, there's that important intangible aspect uh, of a campaign as you persist during these times. And Paul, I also know you, in your, your reply there, you mentioned, you know, we have larger organizations, we have smaller organizations in our philanthropic sector. And whether we're talking about capital campaigns or even just annual fund fundraising, I know you believe that uh, the community-based organizations, even those that are smaller, maybe have a distinct advantage in staying in touch with their donors right now, right? Oh, absolutely. So for, you know, large organizations that rely on travel, I can tell you um, here at Indiana University, our gift officers are just chomping at the bit to go back to the old normal, not the new normal, where they got on a plane or got in their car and went across the country or across the state to meet one-on-one -on -one with um, potential donors. I think for community-based organizations, it's a, it's a little easier right now because um, now folks are, are wanting to get out and get out might just mean um, past the UPS or the Amazon box that ended up on the doorstep and maybe do some socialization out in the driveway um, or something of that nature. So I think that small nonprofits or community-based nonprofits have that opportunity to reach out and see if they might come by the house with their own lawn chair and maybe they could visit outside for a little bit or pick up um, a meal at, at a restaurant and, and carry that in for the donor for them to break bread while they're visiting out in the backyard or out in the garage, you know, um, thinking about all the physical distancing and keeping that in mind, but people will be comfortable with that. So, so I don't know that it has to, it, it doesn't have to be a stop for your campaign activity just because of where we are. You just need to think a little bit differently about it. Paula's expertise and wisdom today confirms what Dr. Henry Rosso has said since day one of the fundraising school back in 1974, that we fundraise with confidence. We do not fundraise 
with apology. And that's true even now during the world pandemic. You may need to fundraise differently. You may need to adjust. You may need to expand that capital campaign differently, but it's a good thing you follow Paula's advice and saw that plan as a draft that can adapt to changing situations. Uh, and again, the capital campaign course is one of five courses that leads to our certificate in fundraising management. And those courses are still available online as the fundraising school remains open to serve you during these times. The courses that lead to the certificate in fundraising leadership also are available online. And you can access those now with a crisis response scholarship that reduces registration fees by 50%. Now we also have these free podcasts that come out every Monday. We have Fridays with the Fundraising School. Once a month on a Friday, we gather together online, allowing you to ask your questions and share your successes, share your concerns, vent a little bit once, once every month on a Friday. And then in the summer, we now have our current affairs fundraising series on a wide range of topics uh, associated with how we need to fundraise now during the pandemic. We're calling all of this TFRS at your desk. TFRS for the Fundraising School. TFRS at your desk. And you can find more information online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the Fundraising School. With Paula Jenkins, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.